Is it time to be a little bit concerned about what's going on with Oklahoma's recruiting? Nah. We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. He's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. Josh, recruiting is the story that never stops. And as kind of has been a bit of the buzz over the last few weeks with Colton Vasek making I say taking trips to, to, to Austin. He lives in Austin. He's going to games, uh, visiting the, visiting the Texas Longhorns. He's also a legacy, but our, our guy, our, our favorite recruiting insider over here at locked on Sooners Parker Thune flipped his crystal ball prediction from Oklahoma, where he's been committed to since August 1st to the Texas Longhorns. Josh, it's kind of been uh, the biggest buzz on social media today as, as we're, tracking Colton Vasek and what will ultimately be a Texas commitment at some point. Yeah, it was going to be tough to lock down this commitment. I mean, to earn this commitment was, you know, pretty impressive, pretty substantial for Oklahoma in general, right? Legacy kid, obviously from, uh, from Westlake right there in Austin and in Colton Vasek. And uh, to have ever gotten to the point to where he was committed was an uphill climb. Oklahoma, Brent Venables, uh, you know, Bates, Chavis, this staff, they were able to get that accomplished. Keeping that commitment probably meant that uh, there was going to have to be some clear separation between what was going on in Norman, Oklahoma, and what was going on in Austin, Texas, and not the type of separation that we've seen happen uh, so far this season. Look, is Texas suddenly light years in front of Oklahoma? No, I don't believe that's the case. But right now, it feels like Texas, for the first time in a while, is trending in a positive direction, and uh, the reverse is happening for Oklahoma. I'll continue to sit here and preach patience to uh, Oklahoma fans, John, (laughs) and sometimes to myself, right, to to give this thing patience. But the bottom line is this. A lot of times in recruiting, at least for Oklahoma, now we've seen a place like Texas or – A&M, though, they've had a, you know, a big decommitment as well. A lot of times, some of these schools like Texas and Texas A&M, you almost wonder, it's like, well, why are they not losing more commits because they're playing bad football? Sometimes it doesn't correlate the wins and losses to the recruiting rankings for a Texas, for a Texas A&M. For Oklahoma, John, I think we're starting to see that maybe it does to a degree, right? At least in the case of Colton Vosick, again, haven't seen the decommitment yet, but all of the crystal balls, when you've got Parker Thune flipping his prediction, Steve Wilt, Wilt Fong flipping his, uh, the you know rivals future cast and what have you that are out there as well. Feels like this is a matter of time. And the bottom line is this, it was an uphill battle to begin with, John. And if you weren't going to have a substantially better season than Texas, if you're going to get blanked by Texas, 49 to nothing in the Cotton Bowl was only going to make this legacy swing uh, more difficult to pull. Yeah, it was an odd, an odd get anyway, um, back when they did get the commitment. 
it was surprising, but they, they landed it and thought, okay, okay, this is Oklahoma. They're able to recruit out of Austin and, and land these big time commitments. I don't think it's going to create this trend of decommitments. To me, this feels, even though there's some, some buzz about Anthony Evans in Georgia again, even though it seemed like he just reaffirmed his commitment just a week ago before going to, to the Georgia game to visit or to take his mom to the Georgia game. Um, I feel like we can easily overreact anytime there's negative news that's happening about Oklahoma, especially on the recruiting trail. But like you mentioned, patience is key. This, this class, if Colton Vasek does ultimately, which it seems like he's going to flip to Texas, this class will still be a top 10 class. And this class still has the, the opportunity to get their own flips as we get closer to early signing day and national signing day as well. So don't overreact. Like, don't overreact to what's happening with Vasek. Is it a loss? Absolutely. The dude's a good player. Don't get it twisted. The guy can play. He's a force off the edge. He's going to be a, a really difficult matchup for whoever he ends up playing it for, or he'll be a difficult matchup who he, forever who he ends up playing against. Um, but he'll be an asset. Like, it's a loss. The dude can rush the passer. He can play the run. He sets the edge really, really well. He's a long arm. He's athletic. He's a good player but it doesn't tank Oklahoma's recruiting class by any stretch of the imagination. If they were to lose their quarterback in this recruiting class, then you might start to panic a little bit, but I don't think that that's happening. That seems as locked in as anybody in the class. And so that's why I still feel really, really confident in Oklahoma's ability to recruit. You, you still got PJ Adebare. You still got uh, Derek LeBlanc. You still got Jaquez Petaway. You still got a lot of really talented players coming to Oklahoma to play in 2023. And so don't overreact to just this decommitment. Even if you lose Anthony Evans, you still got Jaquez Petaway. You still got Keon Brown coming out of Florida. Two really good wide receivers that are going to be able to be impact players for the Sooners. Maybe not year one, but year two, year three, they'll start making impacts on this team. So it's recruiting is a very fickle game. Kids are making decisions at eight, 17, 18 years old and things change and what is important to them you know three months ago may not be as important to them now or they might have gotten new information that allows them to make a different decision and it is what it is but to to react like the sky is falling with oklahoma's commitment recruiting class with brent venables as a recruiter as a coach i think it's short-sighted and i think it it doesn't take into account like what they've done so far in this class, building it to a top six class, and then what they're going to be able to do as they continue to build. Like this is going to be a class that will still finish in the, well within the top 10. This is going to be a class that is going to continue to draw high-level recruits, and they might even be able to flip some guys that raise the, the status of this class as the cycle comes to an end. So it's not over yet. And there's no real reason to panic or be frustrated or disappointed. I mean, you can be frustrated or disappointed that you lost a guy. That always sucks. But this one at least kind of makes sense. He's from Austin. His dad played at Texas. Like, okay, it was probably going to be 50-50 to keep that kid anyway. No, that's right. And if they were – it's easy to get caught up in the Oklahoma's 5-4. and four. The start of the Brent Venables era is not playing out the way that – you, I, anybody anticipated, right? It's easy to get caught up in that. Then all of a sudden, even though we haven't 
seen the decommitment yet, though all of the writing is on the wall that that's going to happen with Colton Vosick. It's easy to get caught up in the, oh, no, here, here's it's really starting to go bad. Until we start seeing decommitment two, three, and four, John, I do think you're right about don't freak out over this. It was always going to be hard to land this signing to begin with in Colton Vosick. Is it a serious loss for Oklahoma in this recruiting class? Is it a talented loss? Absolutely it is. And I will not sit here and try and act like losing Colton Vosick's commitment is not substantial for Oklahoma. Of course it is. But let's see what also happens up until signing day, right? Could be could be more negative happenings on the way, or there could be more positive happenings, right? Look, uh, we're not but a year removed from this staff coming in uh, with very limited time, John, and really closing last cycle incredibly strong. So, you know, you look at somebody like Tassilia Kana, you look at some of the other names that Oklahoma has is targeting and has been in the mix for, I would trust that Oklahoma is probably going to land three, four more of those names, you know, before we get to uh, obviously the, the moment where everybody signs and this class is done. So let's, let's just pump the brakes. Let's see what happens over the next month, couple of months into the spring. Uh, if uh, you know, a couple of these big targets even wait that long, probably you would think it happens in December instead, but let's just see what next month has in store right before anybody is uh, ready to, totally hit the the panic button. Yeah, this would be bad news for Oklahoma, but it's not necessarily unexpected news. It's it's like you mentioned, they finished strong last year. They were about 28th in the team rankings after all the decommitments from Lincoln Riley's departure kind of took shape, but they raised their recruiting class all the way to number 8 by the end of the cycle. So Imagine what they'll be able to do in the final two months of that recruiting cycle. I think they'll be able to put together a, a still a really, really strong class. They got our Mason Thomas to flip, who, even though he was just a three-star player, you know, coming out of high school, I think we've seen that the flashes are, are real. And this is a guy that's got the talent to be a game changer at the college level if he continues to develop. And so, I mean, we're going to talk with one player that they're beginning to target uh, here later in the show. Uh, Ashton Sanders joined the show to talk briefly with us about his recruitment, what he brings to the table as a football player. Uh, Oklahoma just offered him back on October 31st. He's a three-star kid out of California, plays uh, for Cathedral in Los Angeles. According to Max Preps, eight and a half sacks, 77 tackles. The dude's got 49 hurries on the season uh, for the nine and two Cathedral. So uh, we'll talk with him, another player that could just continue to rise and and be a a key part of this 2023 recruiting class. Uh, But first, uh, we're going to talk about West Virginia, what's coming up for the Sooners briefly before we talk with Ashton. And Josh is going to talk to you about Nissan. This week's thrilling moment in college football for the Oklahoma Sooners is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan, they're intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. And when you think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be. Well, that moment that we thought the the football game had totally flipped on its head, right? Uh, You got off to a nice start, opening touchdown. Then, of course, uh, the interception, back-to-back scoring drives for Baylor. Big over-the-top shot to Marvin Mims kind of had you thinking, okay, hey, this is what John and Josh were talking about. They said Marvin Mims was due for another, uh, you know, bounce-back performance from what happened at Iowa State. Had the big touchdown there, and all of a sudden things were even. Unfortunately, uh, that was – though not the final thrilling moment, probably that was the ultimate thrilling moment. 
versus uh, Baylor this past week. So we're hoping that uh, that gets corrected this week when the Sooners head up to Morgantown, a place that, knock on wood, has been uh, very, very positive for the Sooners, right? It's uh, opponent that they haven't lost to since they, again, knock on wood, joined the uh, Big 12 Conference. So let's hope that more thrilling moments ahead brought to us uh, by Nissan. Again, this uh, segment, it's been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today, available now at NissanUSA.com. So it's uh, obviously a new head coach, John. Uh, everything's new for Oklahoma, right? The one constant would be the players that are here that have a history, though it was close, uh, a little scary, right, uh, versus West Virginia. Like, many games were scary last season for Oklahoma. Maybe there was writing on the wall. Maybe there were signs, right? But uh, West Virginia has been an opponent that Oklahoma's just beaten, beaten every time they played them uh, since they joined the Big 12 Conference. Does that history matter at all this week? I think it's safe to say that really none of the history matters with this team right now because defensively they just haven't been consistent enough to to really hold on to anything that they've done previously you know like they had a really strong performance against iowa state and you think okay they, maybe they're building towards something and then the run game falls or the run defense falls apart again against baylor uh you start seeing the offense starting to click in certain games and then it kind of gets inconsistent it's herky-jerky. I don't know why I've just decided to start calling inconsistent offense and football herky-jerky, but that's that's my new descriptor for it. But it just doesn't flow. Like, it's not flowing well. It's not um, building. It's not like reaching a crescendo uh, throughout the game. It's just kind of like start, stop, start, stop. You know, it's like a bass drum. Just doop, doop, doop. Not like snares or, you know, beautiful jazz music or something like that. So... I would like to think that Oklahoma still has advantages in this game and can go into Morgantown and win. Um, but I, I felt that a lot this year about certain games and the performance on the field, the execution, especially on the defensive side of the football, just hasn't been clean enough for me to have a ton of confidence in what Oklahoma is going to be able to do. I mean, West Virginia, just a few weeks ago, they beat Baylor. They beat them 43-40 to 40 at home. They put up over 200 rushing yards on the ground. And JT Daniels had a pretty good game, threw for 280. So I don't know what to make of the Sooners team going into Morgantown. It's going to be a hostile you know, environment. It always is. It doesn't matter that, that West Virginia is just, what, three and eight on the season, one and six in Big 12 play, um, or one and five in Big 12 play. Sorry. Uh, so like maybe three and seven. Um, three and six, one and five in Big 12 play. There it is. So it doesn't matter like what West Virginia's record is now. Morgantown's a tough place to play. We've seen it in the past, whether it was Baker or Kyler. Um, it doesn't matter. It's a tough place. And I think Oklahoma's going to get their best. You know, they're going to get a tough matchup from, you know, Neil Brown and the Mountaineers as they try to kind of rally and, and make something out of the rest of this season. I mean, they still have bowl eligibility to fight for as well. So it's just hard to say what, what to expect out of this, North, this Oklahoma team as they head to Morgantown. I think the one thing we can safely expect now going forward, John, is to not safely expect Oklahoma to beat anybody comfortably, right? I mean, I think that you should expect this to be an absolute dogfight versus West Virginia. It's going to be a difficult game for Oklahoma to win because guess what? West Virginia clearly plays much, much better in Morgantown, right? And there's not really been anything outside of the Iowa State game. And even, even that you could make an argument 
to John or I, eh, well, was it really comfortable for Oklahoma in that game? I mean, there's not really a reason to suspect that Oklahoma defensively is going to have a ton of success versus West Virginia and that uh, offensively, as you said, there will be a lack of herky-jerkiness, right? That it'll just be smooth sailing in Morgantown. Uh, no, it probably will not be that. So I do expect uh, Oklahoma to win this game. I still think Oklahoma is the better football team. I think Baylor and Oklahoma State are the two final larger challenges for Oklahoma. But the fact that it's on the road, the fact that it it is a program trying to fight for its head coach a little bit, trying to fight for bowl eligibility, absolutely. It, it'll be a hungry West Virginia team. It won't be easy to go get this one. So I, I think Oklahoma is going to go get it. But in closing, <laughs> right now, not confident in that. Who knows? I mean, it's, it's hard to be confident about pretty really much of anything right now with the Oklahoma Sooners on the football field. I think Oklahoma will score. I think they'll score a ton of points, but will they, they be able to get enough stops against West Virginia to, to win and, and win significantly? I, that's the big question right now. All right. So coming up next, we got Ashton champ Sanders, three-star defensive line recruit out of LA playing for cathedral. He's going to join the show to talk just through his recruitment, what it meant to, to get an Oklahoma offer, um, what stood out to him about Oklahoma, and then just a little bit about who he is as a player and what we could expect to see if he does end up committing to the University of Oklahoma here over the next couple months. Um, we're going to do that after I talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting info, stats, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. They've got you covered over at Bet Online. Right now, the Oklahoma Sooners are sitting at minus seven and a half favorites over West Virginia. The over-under is 66, so they're expecting a lot of points to be scored. Maybe Oklahoma wins this game. If they do, over, you know, if you take the touchdown and a half, that's going to be a tough one for the Sooners. But we've seen them win by big point totals before. So we'll see what Oklahoma is able to do in this game. But go to Bet Online again, the fastest and the easiest way to place all your bets. Bet Online is where the game starts. And now we're joined by Ashton Champ Sanders out of Los Angeles, playing for Cathedral High School. Just received his Oklahoma offer on Halloween. It's scary season now for the Oklahoma Sooners and maybe for Ashton Sanders. Ashton, what's going on, man? Not too much. Thank you guys for having me on you guys' podcast. Yeah, man, we're excited to talk to you. It seems like this is a kind of a recruitment for you that's really starting to pick up some steam as you've had such a big season there for Cathedral. I saw eight and a half sacks, according to Max Preps, 77 tackles uh, through 11 games. Just a huge, huge season as y'all are nine and two and in the midst of a playoff run. Uh, how's the season been going for you? Um, the season is going very well um, with the, the ambition by my coaching staff is our season's been a great start sadly we have two losses we wish we could go back and fix all of go back and get the w but um life happens and you win some you lose some other than that our season's What was it like getting the Oklahoma offer? You know, Halloween's not really typically uh, a holiday for gifts, but right in the realm of Halloween gifts, that's not all bad, right, to get an Oklahoma offer. So what did you think getting offered by the Sooners? Um, getting a huge, huge wow factor for me, I'll say, because it was always a part of my – it was one place for me, um, myself, since my freshman year, and having that, that as I attend – for the next three to four years of my college 
career was a gift from God. I was. So what has stood out to you so far, just kind of in your recruitment with the Oklahoma Sooners and kind of who's been the, the guy that's been your primary point of contact so far? Primary point of contact has been the D-line coach, Coach Todd Bates. Um, and on tonight, I should be getting on the phone with Coach Venables. Um, also, I would say the things that excite me most about Oklahoma is, is the environment, the fans and their place, how their defense is start. It starts in the trenches, and that's what I love. Moving to the SEC, which is a huge ground and pound game, for big guys and big boys up their butts off all four quarters, and that's what I want to be a part of. Yeah, I'm sure. Ash, did you have goals to make it to, aspirations to get to the NFL when it's all said and done? So. When you think about that and, you know, hear about, hey, opportunity maybe to play in the SEC if you come to a place like Oklahoma, you talked a little bit about it right there. But how, how important do you think that would be to play in the SEC in terms of trying to elevate your game to the highest level? Um, hey, that, that, that's very important because the SEC, I, would, I wouldn't say so much. I mean, conference would elevate your game is really the coaches and, and what I've seen in his rap sheet. Coach Todd Bates is a great developer and Coach Venables did at Clemson. I, I think he could, he, he will do the same again at Oklahoma. And so when I watched kind of your, your huddle film or the highlights over there on huddle, I, I saw a player that played up and down the defensive line. You you played a lot of edge and four-man and three-man alignments. You played interior defensive linemen, both at the nose and as a three technique. What do you think is kind of your best fit moving forward at the college level? Is it to be that versatile defensive lineman, or do you feel like there's a specific spot that you'd feel like you might thrive the best? Um, and that would never come off the field. Um, so if you're going to do a three front coach, oh, the one, the four eye, or the four, four head up, or put me at the five, five, put me at the three tech, I want to be able to perfect everywhere on the defensive line because I feel like that's where I'm in alignment, and I feel like every defensive lineman should know how to play every, every part of the defensive line, no matter how big or how much you weigh. You mentioned, uh, obviously, Coach Bates and Coach Venables and their track records. How how exciting is that to learn from those kinds of guys? And I know you're being recruited by other impressive coaching staffs as well, but if you picked Oklahoma, if you committed to Oklahoma, just the defensive track record of those two, I mean, how important is that in some of your decision-making process? Um, it's a huge thing. And um, school football ballpark is only I would say a quarter of my decision getting to know Coach Bates as a person and how much of a family man and a godly man him and Coach Venables for me too yeah a, a holistic approach is very much what Coach Venables has been about he's he's really been trying to hammer that home since he got to, to Norman uh, back in December last year and you know it's a program in development as you've kind of seen your recruitment pick up over the last couple of months you've picked up Notre Dame offers Washington you know UCLA 
you know, Wisconsin is in there as well. What, what has kind of been the thing that stood out to you as you visit other places? Has there been one place in particular that's been, I don't know, like you, you've enjoyed your time there or was there a place that you thought, man, this, this town is kind of cool or this campus is really neat. Every college I've been to, I enjoy it because there's always something different. No, no college town is the same. And I would say that me being in different environments is for me to witness all of that and also to um, learn from all the different types of coaches to different schools and learning different um, coaches, coaching schemes. It's the same. There's always one little thing a coach expresses more than another coach I was say that 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 was one thing that has also had something my high school career I always took something from um, one college coach and, and college coach and stuck it towards my game so you've shared a little bit with us about kind of what you envision well, your playing career looking like at the college level, but just take us through. I mean, what kind of football player in your mind is Ashton Sanders? What kind of football player are you? What do you bring to the table? Um, I would say, say everything I feel like I am. I will say from what other people said, um, other people that um, I'm a leader, um, especially when it comes to the red zone. I can score unless in the red zone especially down the middle um so I, I if i if i think this the play i'm i watched on film i'm gonna yell it out i'm a defensive backs i'm communicated to my linebackers i'm like i'm very vocal uh, i have um i have a short temper for laziness uh, life to be honest and getting in between the lines if you don't if you don't want to lay it on for you to be on the field. Um, also, I would say um, I'm a person smile. Like, if I see you, if I, if I don't see a smile on your face, I guarantee you I'll put. Yeah, that sounds like a, a personality that would fit right in with really any college uh, campus, any team, but uh, in particular with Oklahoma, just a guy that um, – wants to wants to see the best out of everybody wants to see everybody putting forth their best effort um and hey potentially you could end up being a, a great addition if you end up do you know you do end up commuting uh to the university of oklahoma have you you know had any a chance to talk with any of the current commits has anybody really been reaching out to you to, to try and recruit you along the way um no but there is one player excuse me that um currently plays for oklahoma that's on the roster on the team. Um, he's also from the Los Angeles County area. So I'll talk to him. What is the competition like that you play? We hear all the time about, well, Texas high school football, right? Florida, Ohio, obviously California high school football. So, I mean, what what is the competition like that you get to play against? Um. um this year, I've yet faced a honest, honest child game with. Um, I would say when you play Division One in California and the Trinity League, 
you would be facing dogs. Um, but, but I will always say that Cali Ball is number one. Well, somebody, I, I lived in California and, and played some freshman football there before I moved to Texas and now live in Oklahoma. I've gotten to see a, a lot of it. And there's, man, there's a lot of good football that gets played all over the place. And, uh, it, you know, it, it's good to have a diverse group of people from a lot of different places because they bring something different because the, the style can be a little bit different from place to place. So, uh, that's, that's, that's a lot of fun. Who's the toughest player that you've played against in your high school career? Yes. Um, the toughest player I played against, I would say, was Sam Yoon. Um, he's a, a LA. That's who I would say. Um, other than that, I w- I would say like I haven't really found a battle where it's a fifty-fifty. Ashton is obviously uh, we're ticking down on this recruitment cycle. I know that if you wanted to, you could kind of wait until the spring, but if you really wanted to make a decision that early December signing periods kind of sneaking up on, on all of us here. So what is, uh, what is your decision timetable right now? And what do you need to figure out over the next month or into the spring to set? Okay. Uh, you know, Cal, Wisconsin, Kansas, Notre Dame, Oklahoma. What is the deciding factor for you, and when do you want to make that decision? Um, in December. I don't know around which time zone in December. Um, I'm early enrollee, so and I choose to be early enrollee so I can go faster, and and so that the school can build my body so I can be ready to play for the season. Yeah, that would certainly be an advantageous time to to jump in, uh, get in there with a lot of your fellow, you know, early enrollees as well to you know build those relationships and start getting ready for 2023 to potentially contribute or you get a fast track on 2024 as well. Ashton, man, it's been great getting to know you and, and catching up with you, and and hopefully Sooners fans are learning a little bit more about you. I highly recommend you guys go watch. Um, watch Ashton over on Huddle because man, he he provides some great tape from a lot of different sets. Just a lot of fun to watch, man. I, I've watched a lot of recruits over the last couple of years um, on the recruiting trail. But as far as interior defensive linemen or defensive linemen in general, you've been one of my favorites that I've watched. So uh, it's been a blast catching up with you and getting to know you a little bit, Ashton. Oh, I have a question. So yeah. is it Boomer Sooner or is it Sooner Boomer? Like, how does the phrase go? Well, we say boomer, and then you would say sooner. sooner? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. All right, so we'll 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 give it we'll give you one here. Ready? So it's gonna be boomer, sooner. The, there you go. So we'll we'll help you educate go. you along the way. <laughs> I mean, being out from California, man, you, you don't know all the things yet. It's okay. You know, Oklahoma just kind of yeah. came into the into the you know the foreground here in the last week and a half. So it's all right. Hey, so if you're looking for Oklahoma defensive lineman to watch, go watch Gerald McCoy from back the you know the the mid to early 2000s. Uh, Tommy Harris as well. Those will be a couple of the guys that that you'll want to become familiar with along the defensive line for the Oklahoma Sooners of great defensives under Brent Venables in the past. So, uh, Ashton, thanks so much for joining the show, and and make sure y'all, y'all go follow Ashton on Twitter. You can follow him at Champ Sanders 55. And again, go check out his huddle. It's going to be a lot of fun for you. Thank you guys for having me on the show.